0: Catalyst has a few potential million-dollar ideas pertaining to how the competitive fighting game esports scene might get to that next level, where major competitions offer seven-figure payouts. Also, should we expect more than just a lot of points to come out of the all-new Pro Tour Super Premiere events? Perhaps Capcom may have some major reveal plans for each of these big stops. Plus, two Mortal Kombat players get especially heated at CEO. Mr. Wizard asks which Evo title should get the Sunday Finals final spot, Cammy hasn't won a single CPT event this year, thus unequivocally proving that Catalyst has no idea what he's talking about. And more on this episode of the Event Hubs podcast.
1: Perfect. All right, and welcome back to another episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. I am John Catalyst-Gray,
0: and with me as always is John Velociraptor Guerrero. So here's a little quick story about my morning. Uh, I I woke up to realize we don't have any coffee filters left, which is uh, Armageddon in my house, and I didn't really have time to go all the way down to the store. But then I realized that my girlfriend has a French press, so I'm drinking French pressed coffee. Know that my pinky is up for the entirety of today's podcast. Now, gotcha. Now, is she going to get mad at you for
1: drinking her coffee or like using it in that way? Or, or is, it, is it? Oh, confusing? no, 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 no.
0: I, this is my Don Francisco coffee that I have purchased at okay. the uh, closest Safeway. But I share with her. But, but yeah, I'm just using her French press, not her actual coffee.
1: Gotcha. I know you guys have that whole burrito thing going on. So I wondered uh, if like, you know, take back, you know, hey, I used your coffee and you can hold it because you, you took my
0: burrito. Fair, so, yeah, fair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not a fair trade, by the way.
1: Yeah. Uh, So getting into it here, I want to brag a little bit starting off, and I got Master Ranked with Monat in Street Fighter V. Uh, That was actually a huge goal of mine to do before Rose hit the game, Um, and people are like, hey, Rose is coming to Street Fighter V, and I'm like, okay, well... I've heard it from 3 different sources now, uh like that are completely unrelated that she's coming to the game. Um so I'm about 90% sure she's coming and I can't really give a lot of details beyond that in terms of who my sources are and what they were said exactly. Were two of those
0: 3 sources were his local psychics that he's found.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. They, they do like the little fortune teller, you know, type stuff, but definitely people who would be in the know. Uh, and uh, if you kind of reveal your sources online, they tend to dry up and you know, they don't tell you any information and all that kind of stuff because they get blown up for it. So uh, I firmly believe she's coming, uh, you know, pretty darn sure at least, and I'm about as excited as can be. Uh, that's why I play Minot, actually, of all characters. Uh, she's Rose's like disciple, but like, Rose is the original waifu. I want her back. Like you know, Hurry up, Capcom. But uh, I have no idea, actually, when she's coming. She could be coming like this season, next. She could be like one of the final characters out there. It could go a lot of different ways. And Could just uh, be but, in yeah. the next
0: game she's there, maybe two games from now. Who knows?
1: Yeah, I, I think <laughs> it's this game. I'm pretty sure it's this one based on what I've heard, but yeah. I, uh, I have but, no
0: doubt, especially with all the conversations that we've had you know on the podcast and off off the air about rose like there's no doubt i'm just poking fun at you because i'm in a giddy mood because i have this french press coffee
1: hey that works for me but yeah i'm, I'm very stoked about making master Ink uh with you know monat uh it was hard to do um and i'm, I'm actually a little shocked i pulled it off but uh, it does go to show that if you do put in the time to the game you really can get better you know be careful like if you hit a wall make sure you take a proper break and think of why you're hitting that wall but overall um you can do it. Like if I can pull it off, like you can too. Is kind of like the the overarching you know message I wanted to put out there. But in in the news, please, Capcom. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Have you been dancing on the line of uh, what? What? How many points is it from master? Thirty k? Uh, thirty thousand. 30,000. So I've always experienced, and this is probably just because this is the way progression works, especially in online fighting games that, you know, the, the meter goes up and down, but uh, gradually up overall. But once you pass like a big benchmark like this, and it reminds you every time you cross that 30,000 point threshold, uh, you know, you've ranked down, you've ranked up and you kind of like float around that. Have you been dancing in and out of master rank or have you kept it since you got it?
1: Um, I haven't played since I got it because I wanted to brag about it on the Smart. podcast and not Smart. lose it like right after because I, I figured <laughs> that would happen. But actually, I've been on a great run as of late. Um, I figured out some new stuff with the game that I kind of wasn't doing before. Um, I've worked on some new tech for V Trigger Two with Monot, which I, I don't see anyone doing. Um, and I feel very confident with the game. Like I'm starting to beat like pro players from SoCal uh, on the regular, actually. And um, and I'm feeling pretty good about my skill set. And it's like whenever I, I've been playing, I, I don't even know what my win ratio is right now. I think it's like. 75% or 80%, but with the caveat of I um, I switched over from, you know, the PS4 to PC, and so I was able to run through all the early, you know, ranks with like a 95-90% win ratio or something like that. So um, I don't know what I'm winning at, but it's a pretty good clip at the moment, and whenever I hit like a rut, I, I tend to just go back into the lab and try to figure it out instead of like grinding it out uh, and, and losing a bunch of matches. I, I tend to really kind of evaluate where my performance is working and not, um, so
0: I'm I'm taking a lot of breaks in between, basically. Oh man, I don't do that. I bang my head against the wall until it eventually breaks. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's, my head over it, it, the wall.
1: <laughs> you know what? Hey, you got you got a lot of points, so it works, right? So yeah, so, it's yeah. a lot of it's a lot
0: of head banging. But I will say one of the best feelings in playing, in general, but online, I think it's most obviously accentuated is when you make one of those little kind of adjustments. One of the most obvious ones could be like you just start getting anti airs Um, way more consistently and then the lead like like it's like a dam breaks and all of a sudden you just move forward into like the next echelon and you just take a whole bunch of names with you on the way and you see a a ton of success until you start getting to a lot of players that can that can stop you now where you're at your new level but when those it it, it does tend to happen in little leaps and bounds sometimes and the feeling like i don't know like the dopamine rush you get from that is uh is unlike many others
1: yeah, it's incredible. And and, and if you haven't experienced that, like Street Fighter Five is great at that, and then it's great on the other end of the spectrum oh. where it's like it will devastate you like a few other things in the <laughs> It's time. also like, a serotonin
0: yeah. vacuum and it just yeah. black hole, just <laughs> like all of your sense of accomplishment and, and success and your your shoulders go straight down to your knees and uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's
1: beautiful and horrible all at the same time. So yeah, yeah so let, let's go ahead and get into this here. And and I wanted to talk about super premieres, which are a brand new thing to the Capcom company. Uh, potentially being announcement dates for street fighter 5 and so capcom came up with this new tournament classification for super premieres like this year it's like the first time they've ever done it and the ones offhand are uh, evo which is coming up here very soon the tokyo game show which they have labeled as like the asia premiere and then we have the north american regional finals and there is a minimum prize of fifty thousand dollars awarded to the top eight for each one of these events Quite a bit of Mm. cash right there. Um, And Super Premiers are also the highest, you know, CPT point totals that they offer and also the widest spread. They give up to almost 200 competitors at every tournament points if you place at one of these events. So it's like a really big deal. Um, And since Capcom added this like, you know, superior designation here, I wondered if maybe they had content announcements planned for each one of these like not only are these like worth 50k but like you know what we're going to do something at every single one of these and so i was looking over the history and we've discussed evo before right Mm
0: -hmm.
1: we know that evo is like every single year they have usually something there um for the community and so that's kind of like a no-brainer and we know something's coming up in august all that kind of stuff right that that's kind of like something we can i think skip over very reasonably because we've been there done that we both agree so uh moving right along we have the tokyo game show um and it's a pretty notable thing for capcom every single year as they're known to do announcements at this time and they consistently flag it uh as a point of interest on their investor relations page right um that is their messaging to like all the people who are investing in their company like hey you know uh um invest in us do this kind of thing with us um uh Tokyo Game Show is something that we do something at every single year, right? It's like an,
0: it's not just a fighting game tournament. In fact, that's just a little side booth of Tokyo Game Show, isn't it? Isn't it like this whole event, like somewhat like, like, I don't know, compared to an E3 or something like that?
1: Yeah, it it's basically like the the Japanese type of E3 going on.
0: Yeah, so if it's this big like place where uh, there are a lot of different kinds of announcements, I don't know. It's just it's always been fairly high profile. I don't think we've gotten an announcement at every single Tokyo Game Show. I think, and, and I might be mistaken. I'd have to look over the books right now, but. Uh, I don't think the last few we've had. As well, actually, no.
1: Um, I went back and did the history on those. So, oh, good. Um, yeah, um, so Arcade Edition, um, like the actual arcade release of Street Fighter V came up last year. And then in 2017, we got Monster Hunter, the character, like in Marvel versus Capcom Infinite. Like they announced okay. her there. And then um, in 2016, there was a big update for Street Fighter Five, which added stage KOs, uh, input lag reduction, daily challenges, versus the CPU, ha ha ha, that wasn't there before. Um, fighter profiles... Rage Quitter improvements and new costumes and colors, plus other stuff I didn't even like kind of note in here. Um, and, and basically every single year in recent memory at Tokyo Game Show, they've had something there. They, and, okay. and it's, uh, yeah, it's, it may not be like the biggest of announcements, but usually they kind of, I think they try to make up for maybe not having the biggest announcements with having like a lot
0: of announcements of, of, you know, many different things that they can throw at people. That makes sense. And I know one of the other ones was the uh, North American finals, which has been a hot spot for... Uh, announcements and reveals specifically for Street Fighter V because it surrounds that. Uh, the Capcom Pro Tour has been um, about Street Fighter V, right? And uh, so it was like two years ago that we did the whole, is it Akuma? And of course it was, but that was where Akuma was first teased, right?
1: Yeah, um, I've actually got the rundown here. Uh, 2016, yeah, uh, Ono gave the infamous pocket hint uh, where he says, I have something in my pocket, then Akuma shows up. Um, and that was in 2016, as I mentioned. Um, and then 2017, um, we got the Sakura the hint. Confetti. He, yeah. Yeah. and and it was um it was that and then in 2018 which was last year as you mentioned we got the confetti and it was like what is this and I don't I mean that was right around the time like you know we're building up to Capcom Cup we've kind of been into that before in terms of Capcom wasn't exactly sure I think what they were doing we got Kage uh, we got you know whatever type stuff Um, it's kind of a really dark period I I mean we probably should have seen some of the writing on the wall at that point like with nothing happening at the North American regional finals because the previous couple of years we got something and we expected something so did our fans so did a bunch of other people but we got nothing and I I wonder if you know in in hindsight now you know it's like oh yeah maybe we should have seen like kind of a, a lesser Capcom Cup announcement coming
0: Right. Well, and that's that's where the expectation has been, right? Because that was uh, Akuma was revealed later at PlayStation Experience slash Capcom Cup, happening happening simultaneously, um, and then and then uh, when sakura was revealed uh, fully it was with the arcade edition reveal which came at the end of Capcom Cup that year um, and and just to go back a little bit the sakura reveal they used confetti there too which uh, they could, like the um they had rose petals and then they had yeah. like the, the same colored confetti coming down and everything and cherry then Blossoms, the following yeah. year yeah cherry yeah, yeah. blossom sorry uh, yeah duh <laughs> uh, i've written like 17 <laughs> articles talking about it and i can't remember now um but then uh, and then yeah we had the confetti last year and they're little red ones and we're like is that part of it into it but we had been conditioned to think that this particular event especially with where it is it's like one of the it, i think it was the last event before capcom cup and you expect something at capcom cup just because of how big of an event that is of course the the you know the year end everything so yeah that does make sense to be a place where you would make an announcement and also it feels a little bit weird otherwise unless you're trying to prop this event up particularly or specifically i should say that you would choose the north american finals i mean it's fine you can do that but it seems kind of like a a somewhat random event that would be on par with a few other events the other uh, regional finals but they choose this one. It does make sense because I think it's the last one. I don't. I haven't looked at the schedule this year to see if it is. Um, but traditionally, yes, that makes sense. Tokyo Game Show makes sense. And what was the other one? Uh, Evo. Oh, just just straight out Evo. I thought yeah, Evo it, was its own tier. And then uh, it's Super not anymore. Yeah, now it's a Super okay. Premier. Yeah, so they, the Evo it. tier was changed into Super Premier. And then they also added two that are on that same level.
1: Yeah, and just to explain a little bit about the North American regional finals, like why is that so good for you know uh, Capcom? Uh, the U.S. is the biggest market on the planet for video game sales. And looking over some of the, while I was doing research actually for this part, um, I noticed that Capcom actually said that like their their sales in Japan for Street Fighter V were not that good. And it was carried primarily by overseas sales. Um, We already know that again, U.S. being the biggest market. um, Look, I mean, that's just the reality of it. Uh, People aim a lot of times, like advertisers want the U.S. traffic. Um, There's so many things that kind of factor into that, that I can kind of go on and on about, probably for an hour and make it its own, you know, podcast. Um, But the bottom line is, you know, when you work in business and advertising, you realize that that U.S. eyeballs and traffic are worth quite a bit more. And that's how come Capcom has two U.S. events as super premieres like Evo, which, I, you know, kind of consider like a worldwide like type thing, but it's hosted in like either Vegas or L.A. or whatever. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, that's where it's at. Uh, and and so, yeah. Uh, and then, I mean, Capcom Cup is, of course, state side as well. Um, it's just how it is, you know, and uh, yeah. So um, that's uh, that's why they do it every year there. So
0: yeah, I so I hadn't really considered these events because they were the super premieres, or or rather I should say because Capcom boosted them up as far as how many points they award in the Pro Tour. I hadn't taken that as as an evidence or or even like a possible lead that this would be where they might also do reveals. I've I mean, as far as events go, I've kind of had expectations at certain, like, big premiere events uh, and and then not seen reveals and such there. So I kind of have, have been more and more conservative on my predictions for these kind of things. But as we talk about it, I still don't think that them boosting this up to this level of, of status in the Pro Tour as far as points awarded is is everything as far as, like, it doesn't convince me. But then right. also the fact that it's these particular events, of course, something at Evo and almost always something at Tokyo game show and North America finals. I think that, um, all of the evidence put together leads to like, yeah, I can see that at the same time, though, I have felt like a similar way about North American finals last year, for instance, when I don't think we actually got anything. And I was almost certain it's like, well, we're like less than a month away from Capcom Cup or something close to that. It's going to be you know, they're going to do something to keep us like excited, you know, like here comes and oh, here's a sneak peek. And like that just made sense to me. And then it didn't happen. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, I guard my heart with this stuff, but you, I do you think what to. you're saying makes sense.
1: Yeah, you, you have to guard your heart. And, I mean, look, they, they could do everything at Evo. You know, they're doing things differently. That covers every option under the sun. Like, what are you supposed to do with that, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> uh, we're doing things differently. I, I, I and We've been over that so many times, so I'll, I'll yeah. kind of drop it there. But it's just, it's like, it covers every option. Uh, it's the best option select of all time, right? There we go. <laughs> um, so uh, it, all of it could be coming in Evo, but if it was me, it makes more sense to spread this out. That's what they've traditionally done. There you go. So and of course, you know, at the very end here, we have Capcom Cup. I don't think there's ever been a Capcom Cup where Capcom has not announced at least something uh, yeah. that's clear in December. It just got announced that that is in L.A. Uh, mid-December. We're going to be there. Um, you know, always feel free to come up and say hi. Uh, we've met a few fans at the last one. We're always happy to see you guys and interact with you. It's it's quite a bit of fun for us. And, um, and yeah, so there it is. <laughs>
0: I was uh, I got there a little bit early before much of the uh, most people had arrived yet, and so I was perusing around the venue, and uh, the esports arena wasn't even open, and there was uh, one other guy standing out in front of it, uh, and, and we were just kind of looking. I'm like, oh hey, do you you know do you play? And he's like, oh I mainly play Smash, but uh, but yeah no, and I was like, oh cool cool, um, and he I, I don't know we got a little bit of a conversation, and the podcast came up, and he's like, wait, are you? wait, for Event Hub, I was listening to you guys on the way over here. I'm like, oh, that's crazy. It was, it was, it was really cool to, uh, to run into that. And now it's people recognizing me for the podcast and not recognizing me for being on stream because it's been quite a while since I've kind of been in that competitive circuit. So that was interesting too.
1: Yeah, I I always liked you in that that Turd Ferguson hat that you wore a few times. Oh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. (laughs) And then SRK Velociraptor, which was really awesome, too. (laughs) And then SRK went out of business. I don't know if the two things are related, but, you know, (laughs) the company starts taking.
0: when your future boss is watching you do shenanigans on stream, you don't even realize it good Times it's what, you got, it's what got you hired, man. That's why we hired you. So there it is. Right anyway. Thanks a lot, Turd Ferguson hat. You're the best.
1: <laughs> All right, so let, let's get into the, uh, the the big thing that I wanted to talk about here, and that's um, how the FGC can have million dollar prize po- pots are you know kind of going right. Um, and, and I'll kick this right off because if you lead with a, uh, a statement like that, you better back it up right away. Clickbait. And yep, I'm already there. Is. I'm already there. It's like you've lost <laughs> me. It's clickbait. <laughs> um, Getting streaming and TV rights sold uh, is the biggest deal uh, that I have up here, and that's where we're going to start. Uh, the NBA paid is paid, I should say, twenty-four billion, and that's a billion as in a B, uh, for their current contract for TV right now. Breaking down annually to about two point sixty-six billion a year. The NFL is paid nearly two billion annually by ESPN just for the rights of Monday Night Football. And um, so just kind of setting the stage here, you can see that pro sports um, uh, have a like TV rights are a really huge deal. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're probably saying, okay, well, guess what? Like cord cutting is a thing. Uh, Streaming is where it's at. Like we're not the NBA and NFL. That's not a fair comparison. So I say, okay, well, that's fine. Um, So to bring something a little more close to home here. Back in 2016, a Disney owned company called Bam tech, uh, they paid riot games, $300 million for the rights to stream league of legends through 2023. So $300 million up there for, for league, um, And this is already happening right now in our space right so to me it's only a matter of time before this directly impacts the fighting games uh that we're you know um but you have to have some some things in place first right uh one of those things that you need to have in place first is you need the game companies to have their own channels on twitch and youtube and other stuff to show consistent viewership to advertisers and such for example having channels like capcom fighters nether realm uh tekken dragon ball fighters um you need to show advertisers and other people a consistent amount of eyeballs that you have watching this stuff. And you have to build up that data. You have to build up that market and show people, hey, guess what? This is what we have to work with. Uh, you can't point to, like, Level Up and, and you know, VGBC uh, Video Game boot, boot Camp and say, hey, these are what the other channels are doing. Like, you need to have the stuff kind of in-house and under your complete control, right? Mm. And so once you have that, you can take that data uh, you know, to places like Disney and other places and say, hey, look, this is what we're doing. Um, and are you guys interested in you know, getting involved with it and whatnot? And you might say like, OK, guess what? Like, you know, League of Legends is a huge deal. Um, what's happening here in the FGC is very different. And, and I get that to a degree. But people need to understand that streaming rights are a huge deal right now. Such a big deal that the NBC show The Office, uh, which is something we you know love and watch and most people are familiar with, that's on Netflix right now. Um, NBC owns and runs that show, but they sold the streaming rights to Netflix and they just bought it back for half a billion dollars. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> this is a show that NBC owns, and they're like we want to stream this. Like as far as I know, I don't know what NBC's like streaming services, or even if they have one right now. Um, that's how dominant Netflix is, and like Hulu and all that kind of stuff. But they just bought it back for half a billion dollars. Uh, and this is a show that went off the air like six years ago and ended really crappy. Like <laughs> the last few seasons like without it? Steve Carell. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it, it's it's not very good without Carell. Um, but anyway, um, the, the first six seasons or whatever are great. Like just flat out terrific, and Will Ferrell joins. But anyway, I I digress. Um, What I'm getting at here is streaming rights are a bigger and bigger deal. They are becoming much more mainstream. These companies are realizing that as people cut the cord on their TV plans, um, they want to stay in front of people's eyeballs. Um, So if NBC scores a huge deal, like with Capcom, let's say, you might end up buying a streaming package from NBC, like, you know, 10 bucks a month, like a Netflix, to get all the Capcom fighters events in the future. And if that sounds far-fetched to you, guess what? That's the way that cable TV has worked for a long, long time. If you want to watch certain things on ESPN, TNT, whatever, you've had to buy a cable package from someone. And business models tend to uh resurface they don't tend to really go away very very often businesses like making money and they like doing it in the same ways they've done it before and to me i see this as kind of like the next big thing to bring in massive amounts of money to the fgc once it's figured out i'm not saying it's like you know six months away or whatever but capcom keeps talking about it you know they keep talking about esports being a big thing well this is how a lot of esports and a lot of professional sports make a ton of money
0: first of all and most importantly No one's going to watch The Office on NBC's stream. (laughs) People watch The Office because they're on Netflix and they think they're going to watch something else, but they can't decide and they go back to what's safe. That's how we all watched all of The Office twice. Okay. Less importantly, how long, if it's not six months or so, um, how long do you really think this is going to be? Because to me, to get to this level, you got to have a product that people love watching, and you have your hardcore audience you have the fgc the fgc isn't isn't massive though like when you bring up league and such right just like the core fan base the people that play for fun and competitively and such like you might be able to start having a conversation like that when it comes to smash bros but the rest of the fgc right now not quite big enough okay fine we're about to get another it's it's obviously been growing we've been getting it out there more and more things like street fighter league every game has a tour so sure it's growing but i don't think it's at the point yet where everyone and their mother loves watching you know mortal Kombat and street fighter and sam show and all those things where where it's something that just the average joe is going to not only know about but also consider like spending their Saturday afternoon watching. That's that's true for the FGC, but it has to become something that it's true for just like the more general public. And All right, so let me, let me interrupt that and say, how about Evo? What about Evo?
1: Well, is Evo something on the grand scale of things that most people in gaming uh, and who follow it, is it something they know and, and
0: try to tune into and watch? I think Evo is... The biggest, so like anytime I'm talking to somebody that's not in the FGC, and they ask, you know, like what do you do? Oh, I do this. And like, oh, oh, uh, 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 Evo, and I go, mm-hmm. yeah. So Evo certainly is the biggest, um, uh, you know, kind of entity that we have on that front. And it continues to grow. We got you know we got finals on ESPN two things like mm-hmm. that. They bring it up on SmackDown once stuff along those lines. So sure, it's growing. It's getting out there. Um, and uh, but no, I still don't. Here's what I'm kind of getting at though, mm-hmm. with where fighting games are right now, and and. As I look at people, as I watch, you know, everything from a stream chat to comments to the numbers to the way people talk about it afterwards, uh, all things considered, I don't think the fervor is quite there. I don't think the—yet. And I don't think, like, the enjoyability of these games, they've, they've figured it out. And, and, it, and I don't expect them to have done so yet because fighting games are going through a major transition right now. As they're made to, I mean, the, the, the conversation we've been having for like the last five years, made to appease both, the, you know, the, the audience that watches and the traditional players that have expectations already established. And you're not going to get that right on the first run through. We're seeing major leaps and bounds. Look no further than like Mortal Kombat 11 as most recently uh, and, and everything that it's done to try to be more watchable. Street Fighter V trying to be more watchable but it's going to be hard to find that perfect um, you know spot and, and and balance and once you do though i think then we can start having this conversation and that will be evidenced by one just the general feel and the vibe and the you know you can't really put that down on paper but what you're getting out of the community as they as they uh, consume it and then also how many new people are coming in how enjoyable to watch is this how easy to watch is it and so that's where I think we need to get in order for this, uh, for what you're talking about, to kind of come to fruition. And I feel like it could happen as early as like the next generation of uh, of like maybe for Street Fighter, and then Mortal Kombat's getting pretty darn close. Smash is getting pretty darn close, um, but it, it still might be a. F- few years out hopefully sooner rather than later because that would be amazing but there are still some pretty obvious obstacles I think we need to get past so you see
1: things like you know the NBA and NFL and we we kind of agree those are all like you know pretty mainstream and a lot of people can get into and watch them right Mm mm-hmm Okay, and those things are on like ESPN and TNT, and clearly those networks are doing pretty well with that you know approach, right? They're they're picking up those you know sports things and a bunch of other shows, and they're doing very well for themselves. But then you look at stuff like Cartoon Network and the Sci Fi Channel and other stuff; those are very niche products those are not like i I don't regularly watch like the cartoon network right i don't regularly watch like the sci-fi channel and i watch stuff online that's where i go right that's where i want to see stuff at um but those networks have been around for a long time and they're all successful they've been very good uh and they've kept themselves going even though they're a very niche product and that's what i look at and when i see the fighting game community i go yeah like i don't see us being a league of legends right i don't i don't think see us overtaking any of the other esports type things those things are, are much better ran much bigger That's fine. The FGC is a niche, but that doesn't mean there's not room for it, and and very successful and good room for it, maybe very soon. Uh, And I'm not saying oh it's going to happen you know six months or whatever. I don't know how far off we are, but to me, I would not be shocked to see this anytime soon. Because if you scroll through, you know, if you have like cable or satellite dish or something like that, if you scroll through and see like 500 channels or 600 like legitimate channels that have 24 seven content on there, you go wow. there's a lot of people making niche content out there about, like, freaking, like, what is it, man versus food or something like that. It's a guy who runs around and eats different food. Like, it's cool and all that, but that's, <laughs> that's about as niche as you get. But that is a successful... Yeah, the niche is
0: all Americans ever...
1: Yeah, yeah. And then, <laughs> and then also some global
0: reach outside of that. But anyways, continue. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But that's all niche product stuff, and there's room for that. Like, that is a, a successful business model for a lot of the TV networks for quite some time. Cord cutting is, is putting an end to that, right? And again, mm-hmm. that's why I think that the online streaming thing, it's going to take a while. It's going to take a while for business to build up, right? It, it's advertising, all this kind of stuff. It takes... They're many years behind the curve very often, but the opportunity is there, especially when you see you know, NBC buying up like, streaming rights and whatnot. And there is a race right now, if you follow the stock market and, and other things like that, to get online streaming services up there uh, for TV and other things right now, like Hulu and Netflix, Like the competition there. Like, guess what? Like Everyone is trying to get into this mix right now. Disney is trying to do it. Uh, NBC, obviously, a bunch of other people now are trying to get into the space at this moment in time.
0: Mm-hmm. So. If, if your comparison to, like, cable news networks or, 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 or channels, I should say, like Cartoon Network is indeed similar, and I'd have to probably sit on that before I 100% agree, but it sounds okay on the surface. I'll give you that. And if it is indeed similar to um, where fighting games are at right now and, and the kind of uh, the, the way they would evolve in this current um, chapter, we'll say, then I think that what you would need is just a huge home run uh, show or game that just kind of like everyone starts talking about. You mm-hmm. have to have that like huge bl- like like when Rick and Morty came out. Uh, I revisited. Um, I guess it's Cartoon Network because it's Adult Swim, right? Uh, I, revisited yeah. Adult Swim for the first time in years. But then I was all over their, uh, you know, their website and stuff because I wanted to watch this one particular thing that I could only really get there unless you know I want to hunt down you know weird copies of it on YouTube that don't really work. Um, in segments, but I think that and we don't, f- we don't pirate here at all. I just want to make that clear. That doesn't yeah. happen. Yeah, never, Anyway. Ever. Yeah. anyway. And, uh, and <laughs> although I oh, never, mind. uh, <laughs> so, but so, so I think that a big piece of this puzzle would be an absolute home run into the general public and the makes, makes all sides happy. Just the perfect fighting game. And I think the closest thing we have to that right now is Smash. Smash is kind of holding that door open, but maybe you could do even more than that or something slightly different than Smash and, and keep it going. But. Um, yeah, that's what I think the next step is for us.
1: Yeah, and Nintendo is very slow to market. They just started putting out, like, mobile games, you know, recently. Um, Nintendo's about 10 years behind the curve when it comes to this type of stuff, so I don't see them leading the charge. Once again, I see Capcom doing it. Uh, NetherRealm does not have a safe-for-work you know, program to put up there, except for maybe Injustice, I don't know. Um, But Capcom's probably going to be the the people who lead the charge here. That's the statements they're putting out to investors. That's how come I I think that their statements have been this firm and hardcore um, to their investors i think they have plans like this and also plans like this next one i'm going to mention is um we saw the start of, of street fighter 5's in-game ads and no offense to the companies that are up there doing it right now it was capcom and uniqlo i believe um but those are not big dogs in the room when it comes to advertising uh when you start going to like toyota American Express, Visa, those are the big ones that are like the mega corporations that want to buy up these spots because they know they have eyeballs there. And these companies pay big bucks to sponsor pro tour sporting events and all this other kind of stuff. Uh, I mean, I think the NBA has like a little patch on their sleeve. And I think like companies are paying like 5 million 6 million 10 million 50 million somewhere around there i I didn't look it up in advance but i know it's a lot of money to just have a little patch on the nba uniforms and and this is you know talking about in-game ads here where you have a splash screen that's like showing in front of people and all that it's it's a way for capcom and other companies to get more money for their pro tour it's like hey you know what this entire year is sponsored by toyota you know go buy a Toyota, which i have um but you know go buy one as well and and, you know uh, get that out in front of people um History shows those companies want eyeballs and they want people talking about their product. And if we already have over you know half a million dollars on the CPT, like getting another half million or a couple million more, that's not like a huge stretch from where we're already at at this moment in time. And you get a few things like going like a, a good streaming TV deal, um, and you know a couple of these in-game sponsorship type stuff. We're there, you know. We're there to to million dollar prize pools
0: because we're not already far off right now. Yeah, I can appreciate that. Doesn't it suck though that You have, even just in the three examples, Smash, Street Fighter, and Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat, like NRS has it. Like they've figured out a lot of stuff and they've been impressive through and through. But they have this M-rated game that's like gorier than almost anything we've ever seen ever. And so that's like a huge, like just foundational block for this. And then Smash has the reach like crazy and everybody loves playing their game on both sides. They have it all there too. Uh, but they don't do the whole marketing thing right, you know, or they don't they don't reach out to the right kind of people, and they're not trying to get into the space because they're ten years behind. And then Street Fighter has the people and and everything, but then they like the Capcom has been dropping the ball with the way that they, um, I don't know, keep their to keep their the hype up for their game and such, and then they've they've had some screw ups with it, and so it's like all these companies absolutely kind of could do it, but each one of them has a different like rock paper scissors problem with it where mm-hmm. we stand now. But yes, if that's the case, like hey, that's a really good thing because that means someone's gonna figure it out sooner and sooner or later, and probably multiple people are gonna figure it out, and all of a sudden you have three awesome shows on your channel welcome to you know successful esports
1: yeah and we're all paying uh, 30 bucks a month just to, for the privilege of, of watching them that's what's coming next too I, that's the, the unfortunate caveat of that it's no. like we're going to be paying for this at this point in time the the free streaming it's going to be there but it's also it's you're going to have
0: premium stuff you have to pay for and uh yeah but i mean my youtube videos are now doing two ads and i can't skip them both and stuff like that i'm getting pretty pissed off i want my free content and i want it now <laughs> Yeah. Um
1: yeah, I'm going to skip over that cuz it's negative and I don't have a good thing to say
0: to it, but we going to talk about ad blocking?
1: Yeah, no, no, talk no, that's about okay. Ad blocking, John.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. That's all right.
1: Um so anyway, uh, moving right along here, uh Mr. Wizard has put up a a poll um for Evo in terms of what game should be the last one on Sunday.
0: Yes. Has traditionally always been as far as I understand it a big Capcom game, usually Street Fighter but then sometimes Marvel. mm mm-hmm. Mhm and now the playing field has changed it's uh there there are four games on sunday right that are playing so there's four candidates for this tekken street fighter 5 smash ultimate and blaze blue and uh, so it's like which one of these should be the uh, the final game at evo and it's it's sort of weird that there's even a, a question at first it's not weird that there's a question but it feels a little bit weird because it's always just kind of it's just it's street fighter right that's what that's the game that people watch and, and everything but it's like no, it super isn't anymore. Last time, Dragon Ball Fighters had the most by by far, right? Um, as far as the uh, live stream watchers and such, it, and entrants. an entrance, and then Smash Ultimate's been just crushing the competition. Like I think they had twice as many entrants almost than any other game at uh, at CEO last weekend. Tekken 7 has grown in hype and watchability, and uh, and and the amount of people that are are checking it out. Stream numbers for that continue to grow, and their their uh, pro tour is growing too. And um, and in the vote here, it's uh, it's currently sitting at where Smash Ultimate is like by far and away in the lead. They're in uh, 57%. Second place is Tekken with 26%. Third place Street Fighter with 12%, and then Blaze Blue comes in last with 4%. Um, so it's kind of a, an interesting thing. It makes total sense when you sit and think about it, but it's weird to see Street Fighter so far behind street
1: fighter 5 has not done the street fighter community any favors and and it's just it's a come down from street fighter 4 unfortunately and what are you gonna do And, and i mean i love the game but the bottom line is a lot of people in the community do not and if this is what you're you know you're dealing with it's like look honor the other games and respect what they're doing and if any other game shows up as a final main game like more power to it like if you do not bring your a game you do not deserve to have the legacy vote you know to get in there like you, legacy vote in terms of like hey um you're there but you're not the premier game anymore right mm-hmm. and and the premier game is is probably smash ultimate right now uh, it's what's doing it in terms of intricate numbers it's what's doing it in terms of viewership it is a terrifically good game like just phenomenal uh, people just struggle to like find a, a main in the game because of how like how many characters it has and like i mean you and I like I we I found Minot which I'm really happy with but like you're like I can't switch off to Kali because there's no one else I like and that's been an issue in the game and it's been an issue for a long time we just recently like we, we, we blew up Capcom not that long ago for not having that many characters compared to like even like Dragon Ball Fighters and Tekken and stuff it's like look guys like these games that, that came out after you did uh, have more characters than you do like what the hell you know and mm-hmm. so uh, they've caught up now but I mean it's just it's a problem there's a lot of problems with the game we could go into I- I'm happy to see these other games shine you know um, I like Street Fighter Five
0: better, but like, look, like, if you're not going to be great, you don't deserve it. I don't feel that. I'm sure there are some that care, but as a uh, a Street Fighter fan over over the rest of these, um, I, I think that well, what does the last spot give you? It's a sense of prestige and pride and, and and status, maybe. But like, other than that, is is how important is it to have your game in that spot? Is that what goes on ESPN or? I-
1: yeah, I mean I imagine it's just more of a um it's more of a pride thing like to me it's like oh I can go to sleep earlier but <laughs> that's where I was going to go yeah. everyone that I've had yeah. any kind
0: of a conversation about this with has said no it's great like if we're third uh, you know like say like second then we're gonna get our we're gonna get the action we'll get our reveal and maybe they make it live right then we have the rest of the night to play if if that's the case you know yeah um and 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 everyone's like no it's and sometimes that happens too where street fighter uh, isn't the main game and so that that's it's over earlier and everyone's like whoa we can go out to eat we still like it's still daylight outside this is awesome or we could just chill and watch whatever's coming up next but I don't think that it's really all that bad of a thing. I don't think people are going to be all that upset to have, um, uh, you know, whatever game goes last. It's like, sure. Take it. Like it's, it's not something that I think a lot of people would be fighting over. Yeah. It's fun to talk about.
1: Yeah. There's probably some status stuff with it. And a few other things like you mentioned, like maybe ESPN is like not happy that they have to run it, you know, super early, but I think there's a delay on their, their feed oftentimes anyway. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. I'll, I'll say that, but, um, to me, it's not a big deal, as you mentioned. So.
0: Yeah, so I think the, the bigger takeaway from this is just to see where people are placing their votes. And this is just on Twitter, on Mr. Wizard's poll, right? So it's not the mm-hmm. entire community. But it does have almost, it's just 50 short of 60,000 votes. And with Smash Ultimate getting 57% on there, it's like, well, that gives you an idea of what know, almost 60,000 people are saying and want to see. And so I, I think that's pretty cool. And and like I say, I have no, and like you say, I we have no problem with someone else going last or or shifting up the order and and this feels valid even if it were like for something higher stakes than just prestige it's like well smash ultimate pulls in the numbers look at this voting right now uh and they've been doing everything amazing they're adding banjo kazooie i'm fine with smash being the last game man
1: yeah, and right now, Smash has a huge problem of running way too long. And it's kind of wow. nice to have that as a final game. And we're actually talking about that in house right now. Um, and it's like, I don't want to throw out numbers and be completely off base, but I'll just say that Smash Ultimate is running really long at this moment. And I know it's a discussion in their community of either dropping down the format from, like, you know, not doing three out of five until, like, you know, the very end. And then, you know, uh, stuff of that nature, maybe reducing a stock or two. I don't, or not two, but a stock, I should say. There's a lot of discussion right now the game takes way too long especially with snake running around but that's a different (laughs) subject but not having to sit through that if i don't want to and maybe just going back through the archive would be kind of nice i think uh
0: yeah so sure
1: all right moving along here we have the pro tour win stats this is a story that
0: you did about uh characters performing or not performing on the pro tour and what did you find there so i want to preface this by saying that I was not thinking of dogging on you specifically <laughs> at all during any of this. The thought crossed my mind at, when I was in one of the latter phases of, of putting the article together. But, um, the uh, yeah, so I went back through. We've had 26 Pro Tour events this year so far. There are a total of 55, so we're almost halfway done. I think there are, uh, what is that, 29 left um, from after CEO. And so I went and I just saw which Street Fighter Five characters have won, like been the character, the primary character used to win an event. So if like you know Bonchan won CEO, he used both Karen and Zangief, but he used uh, Karen at the end. So and and primarily, and he uses Karen Car- primarily. Karen and Sagat is what you mean. You said Zangief. What did I say? Yeah. Zangief. My bad. Yeah. Uh, no one uses Zangief. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> Sorry, <Itabashi. laughs> Um But anyways, uh, and and so in that case, only Karen gets credit. Um, mm-hmm. And Sagat can you know go suck an egg, but so I went through and I looked at all of the premier events, all the ranking events, all the online events, and I and I gathered the stats for each of those individually, and then I also gathered the stats for if you were to compile everything together, and yeah, we find that shocker, Karen has been winning the most out of everybody, uh, mainly because of Punk, but now also mm-hmm. because of Bonchan Chan. She's got four premier event wins, and then uh, two ranking event wins. And then she's won six overall this year, and actually that kind of harkens back to season one when there were a few people playing Karen and winning, but it was mainly Justin Wong. Mago contributed it, contributed to it a little bit. I think Punk kind of kind of sprang up in season two more so, but uh, she was also the most popular uh, CPT winner, I believe, in season one. So she's kind of leading the pack by a by a full head and shoulders right now. Um, but so getting back to what I was getting at when we were talking about the beginning of this and, and I was saying, I'm not trying to dog you at all. Cammie, the uh, the character that John has not been too fond of and thinks is still a big problem, has not won a single event this year yet. She hasn't won an online, ranking, premiere, nothing, nada. And uh, that doesn't mean that we're not seeing plenty of Cammies. You can go back to our, um, our character usage stats and she's almost always up close to the top.
1: Yeah, and just recently at CEO, there were uh, 10 people playing her
0: putting her in third behind Akuma and Rashid. Yes. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. So uh, she hasn't gotten the job done. So take that as you will. Like I said, I didn't, I didn't, angle it this way just because I wanted to rag on you. I just thought that it was significant because Cammy has been such a powerhouse. And she didn't necessarily win last season either, but she certainly had a few wins on the board and was like the most popular by far. Now she's still one of the most popular, but isn't winning at all thus far. So I thought that was kind of significant because of the big change from last season.
1: Yeah, I, I have to jump in and say I'm pretty insulted because i told john to like i was like dude come at me bro like go at me hard and he's like all polite on the podcast he's like well i don't want this to be insulting but here's like a really soft and nice way but i'm like here's why (laughs) you're totally wrong (laughs) boss that's what i wanted you to do Mm. um but anyway uh real talk about this like i I looked over the list and and what i saw here that was kind of stand out to me um beyond you know what's what's available on the surface and there's certainly data you cannot like discount you know and be like hey um But it's also a small sample size in terms of like you're only looking at the tournament winner at this point, right? And and there's kind of like the people up there you would expect to have. But people who have also won no events uh, outside of Kami are Birdie, Mika, who I know you're, you're definitely a good bit lower on than most other people. And then uh, manat who's, who's still a pretty darn good character and then i should mention also uh, colleen as well who's mm-hmm. pretty darn good as well um so those are all characters that are pretty strong but have not won anything yet on the cpt and that's kind of where the small sample size comes in where it's like this is good data and i'm so happy you did the story but it's also you have to take as many data points as you can and kind of like bring them together absolutely um, so I'll, I'll ping back at you and say. Did this alter your opinion on Cammy at all? Did you like, you know what, John, you're full of crap. And you know what? I, I don't know if you're talking to yourself or me, but 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 whatever, John, you want to refer to. Like, what do you think?
0: So uh, this is like you're kind of getting at there. It's only one piece of the pie when it comes to assessing um, how strong a character is. And I think that the way we've the research you've done previous, right, and looking at her actual frame data and such, I think. Um, and, and like what her moves do, and comparing them to the other characters, and and how they function, and how, versus how they function before, what kind of options she gets—that's a lot more significant than how often she's being used. It is significant to to measure here, and it is significant that she hasn't won a single event, but that's going to carry a lot less weight than the other stuff that we've already talked about. And so this doesn't shake me too much one direction or another. Um, This isn't as big of stakes as that is when it comes to how strong the character is. Um, I mean, and like I said, she still is pretty popular, and a lot of the... Um, arguments that that you've made have been about how popular uh, characters are um, because we don't want to see the same character over and over again when we're here in the era of esports and watchability is a thing you want to see some cool cami action but you don't want to see 17 of them in the top eight because that doesn't Mm -hmm. even make mathematical sense no one wants that yeah so you know it's uh and and so there is significance to it but no, I don't think this has really shaken what I think about her. Uh, if anything, I will take it and say, see, it's it's a, you know a small testament to that she's not too big of a problem. Um, but it also is only small; it, it doesn't do a whole lot in either direction.
1: Yeah, so we've got a giant blonde schoolgirl like staring us in the face right now with Karen sitting there at six wins overall. And mm-hmm. you and I have both expressed like, hey, we're okay with this character and you know and our own experiences will definitely bias you know, bias us in this process and whatnot. Are, are, are we sleeping on this character? Is she really at this point becoming a problem? And, you know, if a 0.5 patch comes out here at Evo and we've basically talked about this character, be like, Oh no, just keep her as is, like, are we doing the community a disservice at that point and just saying, Hey, yeah, you know, keep her as is, she's fine or whatever because of our own personal bias?
0: She plays an honest game, man. When she hits you, it's because of intent. It's because of focus, most of the time. She has stuff like, you know, sweep into activate, and then there's a mix up that's for free there, but who doesn't? Birdie and Falk, but outside of that. Um, anyways, she earns her wins through footsies, and now the, where the game has gotten to, you can play solid with Karen and you can make it work. It's not easy. And only Punk has been able to do it to the extent that he has. Second, very clear that Bon Chan is getting up there too. But I think Karen rewards flat out skill more than I would I would say any other character that I've seen. I think um, she doesn't rely on gimmicks. So you can get by a lot in this game with gimmicks. And and uh and Akuma's actually fairly up there. He has gimmicks, but he also has solid play, and, and so that's exceptionally scary in its own right. But I I really feel like Karen should be here. This is how your characters should function. I Mm. think Karen is a huge success. And if you change her to be like everyone else, I swear, Capcom, I don't play the character. I don't necessarily like facing off against the character, but I think she is everything that's right about Street Fighter V. And I think you want to try to make more characters like that, with the risk reward being the way it is with Karen, as opposed to try to make her like everybody else. Now, is that practical with where you're at in the game right now? It's like, I mean, it's what you should do. Is it what they're going to do? It's what they have time and money and resources to try to do? I don't know. But I do think that. Karen is a very well designed the best designed character and it's wonderful that I think that people are being rewarded for their skill with her and that's why I watch this stuff more than anything else. Hmm. I'm I'm good with her staying where she's at until the season wraps up and then we need to
1: like evaluate what the character has done. Like I I'm a big advocate for giving characters their time in the limelight, right? And I know Karen, like pretty much like since season one, she's always been around there and she probably has a bigger case to be nerfed than maybe anyone else except for the top three that we've kind of mentioned, but... but like, I'm not quite sure where to go with her. Maybe you, you you drop her health back down, right? Like maybe she's a flat 900 again and not the 925 they give her. Like you know, a very minor nerf to just kind of like drop her down. Maybe she's just a tad too good for what the game is, right? But fundamentally changing how she plays and all that, like I'm definitely hardcore against. Like at any point in time, I'm pretty much hardcore against that for most people, except for Rashid.
0: But anyway, yeah, um, I agree. Um, Well, yeah. <laughs> I think that the, the the answer would be to make footsie's more rewarding for other characters. Mm-hmm. Like, Yurian has some pretty damn good footsies already. But make it so... That he has to take the proper, like, like, he's already got a, he's halfway there, more than halfway there. But make him have an, an appropriate amount of risk with moves like his standing heavy punch and get rid of the ridiculous properties on moves like the knee and the shoulder tackle that just come out there. And they like, those intrude on the footsies game because you can just toss them out there, right? So, like, nerf those moves, buff up the incentive to play good footsies. And all of a sudden, it's like, you've, Capcom's figured it out. It's Karen. Make more characters designed like karen when it comes to the risk reward when it comes to the i don't say make more karens i don't say make them function all the same way but i'm saying that's a good balance of like when she takes a risk it's appropriate when she gets the hit she earns it when she gets the damage she earns it and she still has a healthy dose of street fighter 5v trigger stuff and whatnot and the decision processes you have to make but she puts the control in the player's hands and it feels earned so i really like it so that's what i would do is make more characters like karen as far as risk reward and footsies go
1: yeah i i think the biggest problem with my statement is that you said urian players play footsies i've never seen that in my life they don't do it they could because they have these other
0: stupid moves that they can just go back to and it's like why wouldn't you do that
1: Uh. i all jokes aside i i'm very much an advocate for you need to have multiple styles with all characters it's like you need robbery characters you need characters that man that character just robbed the hell out of me and that's it. That's like their style. They get that one opening and you're dead and you may not like it. Like it, you could feel cheated. That's what you know. robbery characters do. They make you feel cheated. But like, if you don't have that in your game, I think your game gets stale. And, and I know you're not saying like everyone needs to be like Karen, but like that, that diversity of experience like that's what makes these games great if you ask me and, and i'm really okay with most of the characters in the game outside of the ones i've mentioned right now um, probably would end up tweaking bison a bit too and you know this discussion and, and probably knocking him down for what he can do and how easy he can do it um but again that goes back to like i want characters to have their time to shine in the spotlight first so that's you know more of a season five type thing right um but yeah i i get what you're saying i'm just uh uh, I don't know. I, I believe those characters need to be in the game. No, dude. So.
0: I, I hardcore. I think that they're great for audiences and they're cheap. Cheap for cool views, and you love seeing those comebacks, and sure, and like that gets hype, and you love laughing at how ridiculous the situation <laughs> is when Abigail yes. gets away with a third yes. Abigail punch or whatever, or and you just, and you feel bad for the other person, but it's kind of funny, like, but that stuff's fleeting, and I think it's ultimately not a good look for the game. Uh Yeah, it's it, it, sure you want fireworks, but get get your fireworks through some other means. Uh, Makes make the game look pretty when the hits happen or something, but but no, I don't think that the game needs robbery characters. I think that they ult- they're 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 quick reward and long term. They're not a good short or medium to long term kind of solution for the game. So. Yeah,
1: it, it, that's a very nuanced conversation. But one thing I will throw out there is, um, you know, Samurai Showdown went that way you know they went with like you know no flash like all footsies and all that and the game is getting a lot of mixed you know reception and stuff from yeah. there so yeah. i mean but you know going back to what i said there, there's a lot of nuance that goes into this stuff it's like you can't just tweak a knob and everything you know falls into place perfectly mm-hmm. right it, it is there's so this is hard this is in something you and i've expressed many times this is really 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 hard to do um and just finding you know diverse play sets and styles and all that and making them all work together it, it's it's ridiculous so um but yeah there it is uh, but moving along here i do want to you know talk about this just before uh um, before we move on to a completely different subject and that is Ban Chan winning ceo and he actually had an interview up um at which uh fgc translated did and uh, was on topanga as well and he said that you do not need all right like um i can't replicate what punk did actually let me let me quote here i've got the quote uh i concluded i can't do what punk does however i do think there are definitely things i am better at than he is and Punk was specifically talking about, or I should say, Bon Chan was talking specifically about Punk's hit confirms here, um, which have been something the entire community has been gushing over for a good while, and rightfully so. They're pretty freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Bon Chan feels his defense is better and that he plays uh, Karen quite a bit more uh, differently than Punk does. And to me, after Bon Chan's win at CEO, it really puts in perspective that it's 100% okay to have your own style and approach in these games. Perfect players do not exist in fighting games. They have never existed. Um, You know, maybe if robots play in the future, they will exist at that point. But what I'm getting at here is everyone has their own flaws and strengths. And... You want to play a style in these games and a character who fits what you want to do. Something that you really enjoy. You may not really enjoy doing those crazy hit confirms that punk does, right? Um, you may prefer more of a defensive style like Bonchan or whatever. There should be a character and room for you to do that. Which goes back to actually my argument about variety, right? Um, mm-hmm. variety attracts a lot of people. Um, you want to make everything, you know, as as balanced as you can in that context, which is hard. Um, and so that, that's what I really look at. I'm like, okay, yeah, Punk is like the undisputed number one player right now. He's got like five billion more CPT points than anyone else. Um, he lost at CEO. That happens, like, whatever. Um, but but Bonchan is showing that a different style and approach on a character can be just as effective, at least for this one tournament. Um, and and I I just it was a very standout moment for me. It's like, yeah, guess what? Your style and choices can be
0: perfectly um, valid and applicable. You just have to get good. So. What a wonderful character Karen is that she you can be a catalyst or, or platform to showcase this okay. variety in play that you know everyone what? can win with different approaches. You know I you, think that she's you, very well designed. You owned my soul. So I'm going to shut up here for a little
1: bit. I had to compliment you on that. That is really good. I'm going to shut up now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know
0: what the next topic is, and that one's oh, done. So. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so I'll, I'll get into it a little
1: bit more. But damn it, that was really good, and you kind of derailed me there a little bit. So sorry, sorry. Um, sorry. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So
1: um, anyway, I'll just mention that that Punk has a uh, big target on his back, um, and and it was like Fudo and Bonchan talking about that, and having that big of a target on your back, and like them saying like you know Punk like hit confirms this way, and we're going to try to like bust him up by doing this and stuff. Um, it makes what Punk is doing all the more impressive to me because everyone is looking at him as like the number one threat in tournament right now. You should be it if you're not, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the fact that they're discussing these little nuances of his game and trying to pick him apart, two amazing players are doing this. It's like, and it's like, man, at that top of the mountain, I've never been up there before, but at the top of the mountain, like I can't even imagine the pressure to perform and to get out there. And we've, we've had people like Infiltration, Tokido, and of course Punk before do this. And it's like these runs that they're on are just so incredible. and. I mean, just imagine like Daigo sitting in his like you know house for like five hours, like thinking about how to pick you apart in every way possible. Like that's what's going on to this guy. And even then, he's still performing at that level.
0: I gotta I gotta give credit on both sides of the fence here. First of all, um, yes, the fact that every Japanese player knows Punk's name and is trying to figure out a a, a way to beat him as a player, not just the character, but him as a player, is is a huge testament. Everyone knows Punk is great. Probably the best player in the world right now. Except for they lost CEO, so now he's like the nineteenth best player in the world. But you know, uh, but then on the other side, think about when you go into the training room. It's like you're practicing DPS, you're practicing, you know, your your hit confirms. Then no, that's good, and you should be doing that. But these guys are going into the training room, and they're looking at they got their side by side with Punk's match footage, and they're looking at okay. Uh, one of the things that Bonchan brought up in that video that you're referencing, the FGC translated one, is that he's noticed that Punk doesn't use the stun bar to hit confirm because some people do that you can see the stun bar go up or not and then uh react to seeing that i think in third strike they try you would use like the score as well because the score would change if you got the hit versus if you blocked um and bonchan was looking at such a nuanced level that he could tell that punk wasn't doing that he could tell how punk was like, what means he was using to confirm it. I don't remember what the actual answer was. Beyond just he was looking to see the hit spark or something like that, or maybe it was um, it, like a forward movement or something. But through that, he came to the conclusion. Then, and, and I don't again remember the specifics, but it was something to the um, something like if you. Uh, walk forward here and, and, and know that like the standing medium punch is coming and block it from this range after this situation, Punk is going to do the dash no matter what because of the like that, that's the hole in the way that he approaches it. And they were getting in on this intricate level of, of analysis and I'm like, that's why someone like Bon Chan can go and win a tournament like CEO and mm-hmm. do it with you know, that Punk is currently in and do it with that same character, but with like a slightly different style, and also somehow make Sagat work, you know, yeah. for, as a side character. That's the level that players like Bonchan and Daigo and Tokido and Fudo, and, and and I'm sure many others, not just the Japanese, but like the pros, the ones that are doing the best, like that's the kind of research they're doing. And uh, then I go, well, ugh, all the research I've ever done is like, when do you see the counter hit pop up on the screen? And then like 30% of the time you hit, you, you can confirm it um, man, I got to take my hat off to those guys. So when you're doing that kind of work and to see it pay off, I think that's the, all is right in the universe.
1: Yeah. It's, it's so nice to see the reward of skill. Right. And people have dogged street fighter five for the longest time of like, you know, like a baby complaint or whatever, you know, it's like, no, this is like, it's very clear that there's a a very high skill ceiling in here and people are still discovering brand new tech. Um, they're getting right into it. Um, actually just to add on to to one of the other points, because like people might've been like, Hey, you know, uh like punk plays the right way if you're not playing the way punk is like you know you're gonna lose and it's like okay well let me give you another example on top of that and that would be justin wong versus sako um sako is known as the pinnacle of v trigger one usage with monat like i don't know if there's a better v trigger one player out there um, no. but the stuff that sako does i mean most people are gonna agree he is far and away number one and it's not even close um justin wong is not known for being optimal with his combos and such but what is optimal for him is his defense and neutral play um Sako's neutral play i play Minot, so i know when he's screwing up and doing some stuff he should not be um it, his neutral play is actually sometimes lacking and he'll be risky trying to to build up his v trigger gauge and it actually cost him at ceo um because he was trying to get uh, Minot's v skill off so much to you know, build up her, her v trigger one he did some setups and whatnot and it actually backfired against fujimura zabuki and he lost and, and he lost in tournament trying to race to that and that's something that's like in that instance I don't think Justin Wong would have lost to that right I mean he might have lost another way but in terms of like controlling the neutral and playing smarter um, he would have done better there and an actual example too is um, you know so people think that combo superiority means you're a better player right they see that big flashy combo from Socko and they see Justin Wong like laming out people for 98 seconds right and they go well Socko's obviously better well at final round twenty nineteen, they played each other in a mirror match, and Justin Wong uh, walked away the victor, and mm-hmm. and his. He's he's doing like a lot less playing of the game. Um, he's doing a lot of content creation. He's a father. Congratulations to him. Um, you know, got the the father power up right. Uh, Sako's a dad now too, of course. But um, anyway, um, he but he's so fundamentally fundamentally gifted at defense and neutral play. Justin Wong is that he's still very much a threat to this very day, even though he's not practicing the game as much and he's playing a bunch of other games again. Like that is how good Justin Wong's neutral and defense is, and that's how far. If you master a style that you like and an approach you like, that's how far it can take you. You can get very far just
0: being yourself. You know, and you He do, won yeah. Samurai Showdown at CEO, yes. which is a brand new game. Yes. And that game is all about patience and footsies, and you only get one or two chances, and that's what the expectation is. And, uh, and it's like, not only did he win, but it's early and it's Justin Wong, so this always happens, but also this game is Justin Wong- dot com yeah Uh, you know it just it's just his style and he just like oh hey i'm justin wong i'll just show up for this and be justin wong and it's like you were saying his personal style is just tailor-made for this or this game is tailor-made for that and uh and yeah so you could just pull it right over into that game too and just flourish. Yeah. It,
1: it, it's, uh, I'm just trying to tell people to like be yourself be confident in what you're doing. You know, even if you're you know, stuck in silver or whatever, like work to get better. Don't, you know, trash everything you do and other stuff like, you know, keep your confidence up. You can, you can do better, you know, and, and, and you can improve. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I'm oh, getting man. at. So
0: I, I wrestle with that a lot. Yeah. I've, I've been to the place where I feel like if I do something right, it's or, or if i did something that wins it's cuz i got lucky and if i do something that got blown up it's because i it was because i was stupid and so many times you know you just watch a pro and it's like oh they wake up they wake up jab you know that's yeah. calculated when they do it but that's not scrubby in and of itself they wake up dp it's just you know did you have intent behind and such mm-hmm. but it's very easy to fall into that when you're not doing as well as somebody else that you're looking at which is always you know if you always have your eyes on those that are above you then you can fall into that trap of feeling like oh i need to change something about you know like like fundamentally about how i play it's like no just you know have your style first and foremost and then make little tweaks to that style while keeping the heart of it to uh, to just sharpen up the obvious edges you know the idea that no matter who you are, if your anti-airs are better, you're going to be better. If yeah. you you know, your frame traps are tight and on point, you're going to have better results. But then, you know, you tie that into however you like to play, and um, and yeah, and and you will go far.
1: Yes, uh, it's, it put the focus on improving. If you're having uh, some decent success with your style and approach, and it doesn't mean against everyone in all situations. But you're you're having decent success. You're probably doing a lot right already, and you just mm. need to you know continue to tweak it and get better at it. And and there you are. You're in a good spot. You know. And, and again, Bonchan is proof of that. Like, and, and so is Justin Wong and Sako and a bunch of other people. Like, you want to put your own stamp on these games and have fun with them. It's a game at the end of the day. Like, you should be having fun while playing it. And uh, and yeah, and that probably doesn't count for Street Fighter V. Because you only have fun at some points when you win. And when you lose, you hate yourself. But anyway, and besides that, it's also right. <laughs> work for me. <laughs> <'Cause I don't. laughs> we got here's the story for that. But anyway, um, I, I also want to mention here, uh, moving along, that we have heard uh, some of the reports of stuff um, happening at CEO. Um, we're currently investi- investigating that um, and figuring out how we should report on matters. And we are going to be getting up something on the website uh, if we find. Stuff worth reporting on, um, but we're aware of it. We're taking our time um, with with very negative news stories and, and things that happen. We really like to take our time and make sure we have stuff accurate and fair. Uh, and that's how come you haven't seen anything up on our website just yet about the CEO stuff. Um, but if that does come down, uh, obviously, you know, we'll be talking about it here as well. So. So uh, next up we have uh, the Reddit Street Fighter thing is doing an Evo sponsor. You wanted to, to shout them out real fast for that? Yeah, yeah.
0: So just real quick here, there was a, um, a recent Reddit poll, cause, uh, our Street Fighter poll, I should say, and uh, they decided ch- they've chosen three different community figures to, um, to send to Evo, and uh and now it's like there, there was a big push for that and and we, we did an article on it and people voted and that was fun but now it's time to uh to actually like you know put your money where your mouth is rubber meets the road and get these people to evo so we had fun in part one now let's continue to have fun but also with our money in part two uh you can either donate or you can go and there's like specific merchandise for each one so it's a it's born free, Maureen and then a jester power, I believe. And each one of these uh, have like like special t-shirts and jackets and such. like the born free one is um, it's like half of a, a kuma face I think and then half of like a, a tiger and um and he actually has the explanation as to why it looks like that on uh, one of his videos and such but they're, they're cool looking merchandise so you can buy one of those and it helps get these uh hopefully all three of these players well two of them are players one of them is a content creator um, to evo and i think that it's clear that that benefits the community maureen had an awesome showing at ceo over the weekend her uh, her second match overall after dogura got a buy was dogura so it was his first match her second match and she took him out she took him out, and that was really cool. She, he started as Urian. Uh She plays Laura, which is already a character you rarely see these days and, and certainly can roll over people. We've seen that from IDOM, but uh, it's very difficult to get there. And um, Maureen, I'm just going to go off in this tangent a little bit because I'm going to hype her up, for, but it's for the whole Street Fighter thing our street fighter thing uh she's been practicing with um exo academy which is uh, the, an organization that selects a a group of, of women to help promote and train and then um uh, over four weeks and then they send them to a to an event so maureen was part of the exo academy group that went to ceo and she was uh, trained by samurai who's been on fire mm. recently from street fighter league i've been seeing him post the uh the kind of stuff that they're focusing on like identifying when something specifically is working in the match and how to uh, actively change things, when to go crazy, all of this stuff. Like Mikey is very, very in-depth. I've had a 45-minute phone conversation after we played a set online one time with him just talking about picking apart our matches. Mm. And um, anyways, it absolutely paid off. And Maureen, who is, uh, of course, a huge underdog, against Doggera, haha, and um, using Laura one. And it was amazing. And she throughout the whole thing, the camera would cut back to them both. And she would just every time be like in this almost meditative pose where she was collecting herself. And I know that came from Mikey. Mikey talks about that all the time. And, um, and then at the end, Uh, when she finally got that KO and it was over with, she buries her head in her, she shakes Dahlgren's hands, then she just, like, all the emotion comes and she buries her head in her hands, and then she gets up and then she faces the crowd and, 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 you know, just takes a moment, soaks it in. And it was early on Friday, so there's not much crowd there, but you could hear a, a great applause and people were standing up and clapping. It was a great, it was an awesome moment, a great way to kick off CEO. That's one of the people that we're potentially sending to Evo. So, you know, Born Free creating a ton of great content. He'll get a bunch of interviews for you that we like to share on the website and I think a lot of the FGC really appreciates. And of course, Jester Power with his Vega getting out there and showing some love for uh, for a character that we rarely see. So um, it would be great if you guys could, um, I think we have a, a, a story up on the front page um, and if not, just head over straight to, to our Street Fighter. It's not too hard to find and uh, donate, buy one of those shirts or, or jackets. And uh, yeah, let's get those guys to Evo. There you go. Um, so we had Scar
1: and Daddy do a big pop off mm. at each other at CEO uh, during the second day uh, while playing Mortal Kombat 11. And these guys were up in each other's faces for about 30 seconds, which is quite a bit of time to have that much raw emotion pouring out of your body and being up in someone's face. That's intense, right? Uh, and they were actually separated at that point, like after they were kind of up in there. Um, I actually think this is the very edge of what's okay in the fighting game community because thankfully it didn't come to blows. And it, you know, both people seem to... Uh, not want to get to that point right but there was like a lot of shouting in someone's face and whatnot and that's just like oh boy like you know it's it's a, it feels like it's a hair away from you know violence basically mm-hmm. um and so uh you want to let the emotion and pop-offs go there in my opinion that's our community this is what we do right especially when there's beef going on between two players and, and to give a little bit of context there of what was happening is um scar called one of daddy's wins illegitimate basically, uh, because he won over Ninja killer two, one, two in a first to two set, implying that if it was like a first to three daddy would have lost, you know, the set. Right. And, right. and like people will be like, okay, well, you know, it's just a game or whatever. Like, why are these guys getting upset? Well, a lot of these guys are pro gamers. They're either making their li- living from this or trying to do so. And someone insulting your professional skills does not go over well. Uh, there's a lot of raw emotion in there. Fighting games are very emotional to begin with. Um, so yeah, uh, it was a, it was a pretty damn big like kind of like pop off moment at that time. I was personally okay with it because you know again they didn't actually get violent. It's just like right at that point it's like kind of just right at the very edge of what's acceptable though. But
0: but how did you see it on your end? So Daddy, aka Buffalo, yes, um, I, I've heard both. Uh, is uh, uh, so he won 2-0 over Scar, and afterwards he gets up and. Um, he gets in his face, man, and mm-hmm. uh, and he's and he—it's his whole body, and it's it. I guess the the thing was, it didn't feel like controlled. It didn't feel stable. Uh, when a pop-off happens I'm okay with it if it's you know you you do want that you do want that entertainment factor you want to see the personality the character of the players the storylines that's always a good time but you want it done in such a way where you don't feel like there's a, any real danger you can have some smack talk you can have some uh, some snide like kind of humor stuff going on you can even get you know the bird is okay depending on the situation but when you start feeling like there's a real threat of physical violence that's where it's It's not okay. And it didn't go to physical violence. So I think all's well that ends well. But I I don't think that Buffalo or Daddy uh, uh, handled it very well. I don't think that his... Uh, explosion there was appropriate because it made everyone feel on edge it was no longer entertaining uh, especially for the people that were like right there because they're more worried now about like actual fist fighting happening i mean mean, uh, people enjoy seeing that kind of stuff but you know when security has to get involved like that uh, it's it's not i think a very good look now um do i fault him you know, he's. I think he's sixteen. That's what I heard. I, I'm not certain, but I get it. Uh, I I can picture going back to being like like I can say myself if I'm in that kind of a situation. If I'm really upset with Scar because of something that he's done or said. If I feel disrespected. Um, I, I might go about popping off, but I certainly wouldn't do it that way. Now, if you ask sixteen-year-old me, there's a good chance that that's you know that I would have done the same thing. So, um, all's well that ends well, I, and and I think that this is um, a lesson that needs to be learned. I think you need to kind of understand um, if your daddy like what's okay and what's not and why but you you also need to like there's a whole process of growing up where you learn those things so as long as he eventually learns those things it's fine but i remember i think it was in his face more than anything else he looked like a man it looked like a teenage kid which uh, he is a teenage kid <laughs> like yelling at their their like parent that took away their xbox that you know like the, the you don't understand and, and and stuff and it was like Just he was so just vicious and mad, and I I guess I use that example because one he is like you know a 16 year old kid and plays Xbox, I'm sure, but uh, it was just like there was so much emotion behind it, and it seemed inappropriate. That's what it is. Like when you take someone's Xbox away, it's like you don't need to throw a tantrum like that. And when someone says something about you on social media, like yeah, it's it's kind of mean of Scar to do that. But at the same time, it's 2019 and this is social media and that's the real world, baby. Like that stuff's going to happen. You need to learn how to how to deal with that um, in a more like, safe and constructive way than this. But ultimately, it's fine. I don't fault daddy. I see why it happened. It's all good. I hope that he learns. I hope that um, everyone, you know is is better for having had the situation and i also have to take a hat off to scar who was up there on the main stage and and does have a name and a status oh, yeah. right oh yeah and he got bodied up there and then this guy just is screaming in his face and he held it together he he, he responded with a with a middle finger mm-hmm. but he didn't let it go to blows either and 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 i think that needs to be you know acknowledged because good good on scar so Probably a lifetime ban for both players
1: if they, they come to blows on that. one. Oh, so yeah, sure. it's definitely like, good. That's not worth it. Yeah, it, this was a um, uh, daddy went on to place uh, ninth at CEO and Scar got 13th. But this match was actually right before top 24 winner side. Uh, it had major implications on the bracket. This is not some random, you know, whatever match in here. It's like this is a, a huge match at CEO on stream. All this kind of stuff happening. Um, I, I'll go back and defend daddy here a little bit look like if someone's coming at you on social media and they're kind of attacking like your, your professional career what you do that's a line you probably you need if you're going to cross that line and a bunch of people are going to right like you need to be prepared for that kind of response coming back at you. Like that's like, look, like yeah, you're you're insulting someone's livelihood at that point. You kind of got it coming. You know that that's kind of my thought. And like as long, and I would never advocate for violence, but like that big pop off, like that's going to get in Scar's head. And the next time that these guys play, it's going to be like kind of like a fireworks type thing. Even if it's just like a whatever, you know, matchup and there's no big explosion at the end.
0: There's a story
1: now. Right? It's, it's, it's a big story, and also Scar's going to have that in the back of his head. And he's going to be thinking like, this guy is going to pop off and go crazy at me and stuff like that. And if he's thinking about that, he's not thinking about the match. And now daddy has got uh, uh, a mental advantage over him. and and that may continue it may not like it's (laughs) it's it's a thing and like there's a little bit of gamemanship in here it's like hey you know what you're going to insult me as a professional well guess what i'm going to do this to get back at you and throw you off your game so i continue to kick your butt every time i see you in tournament and that would that would be very harmful to scar's professional career because he is also a professional gamer and tries to make this go and all that so it's there's an interesting dynamic here like i said it's right at the very edge of what's acceptable I probably would have turned turned it down, maybe like a notch or two, or something like that, and been perfectly okay with it. Just a little bit, as you say, it kind of made people feel uncomfortable. But like just right at that edge, and, and you don't really want to be on the edge of what's acceptable, right? It you want was to be aggression. Yeah, it should have been
0: handled through. Like mm-hmm. he could have done some like walks kind of backwards and does like a slinky thing with his shoulders and like just like you know really like you know eggs him on or something. That'd be fine. You right. know, if he had like a, a pair of underwear with Scar's face on it that he pulled out of his pocket or something and waved it around, <laughs> oh, that's man. fine. That's fun and stuff and it gets the same stuff done it did that's things right but um uh, what I wanted to go back to though if we were talking about how this might affect you as a pro pro player and um what's what's said on twitter and like first of all you know that stuff is said in the fighting game community and i while it hurts and while it there's definitely a line where you can go too far and you need to take into account people's real feelings and such I, i'm not above that at all but there's also a sense of like if that's hurting too much, then maybe you need to toughen up a little bit because, I mean, this, we're, we're a competitive community, right? And there's a, there's, there's a place for competition. There's a place for smack talking. There's not a place for disrespect. Um, but there is like, I don't think you won legitimately, and here's why. You're going to hear that. And sometimes that's not all that inaccurate. Mm-hmm. So um, there's that. And then also, if smack talk on Twitter affects how you play as a professional, you're not a professional. You know, because if you're a pro, you put all that stuff aside and you're focused on the game. You know, you're doing the Bonchan stuff that we talked about earlier. If this kind of stuff gets in your head, then I don't think uh, you're much of a pro. Not in my eyes. You
1: know what? I mean, I, it depends on who's saying what. And I mean, you had a run in with 801 Strider not that long ago, and that really impacted you heavily. And, you know, he insulted you as a professional and that really got to you. You know, and, and yeah. we, we like Gustavo quite a bit. And I, I get what you're saying. You're not entirely off base. Like, you have to have thicker skin, right? And that's something all of us on Event Hubs have, have tried to develop. And it's hard. Um, and I, I think I've used a comparison, like, if Gutex like, said something really nasty to me on, on Twitter, I'd probably, you know, be crying myself to sleep for about a month, right? You know, <laughs> like, Gutex is one of my favorite people in the entire community. Uh, that would be really hard, you know, to go through. Um So I I, I definitely see there's some truth to what you say, but it's also, it's like when you're in that driver's seat and someone's hitting you, you know, and you're not like actually hitting you, but you know, like getting into you. It's like, boy, that thick skin kind of goes out the window real quick, and you're like, you know what,
0: f off. And you know what, you know, and, like, yeah, your dog you sucks still feel all it, that, but yeah. But well, as far as the Strider example, um, I, I I was affected because I felt like this was someone who I saw as like you know, not not a best friend, but like certainly a friend, a friendly, and in the way that he had communicated on Twitter was felt very disrespectful to me, and and not founded in in in. Well, of reality, really. But anyways, it, it, it was sad because I felt like I was kind of losing a a friendship a little mm-hmm. bit. But it, that doesn't mean that I would play differently if I were to meet him in tournament or, or anything like that. If anything, I would be more concerned about, like, I want to be totally on when i play this person because i do want to show them that i'm legitimate if if he were talking about my gameplay and this wasn't about gameplay this was about a an article headline right um but then and and i but i absolutely have been there especially in my community I, i bring up the arizona community and especially like six or seven years ago i feel like we were a little more hardcore and and uh what we thought was legit or not, and letting uh, each other know that we thought it was legit, and um, and I was seen as very much illegitimate by a lot of people, and um, yeah, absolutely, the emotion is there, man, for sure, and and you get mad, and maybe you talk to your friends and blow off steam, and you tell them how you really feel in the moment, and you use a lot of expletives, but then when you actually sit down and, and you know you hit the sticks, I think it's still on you, no matter what's been said, to uh, to clear your head and to you know control the only thing that you can control, which is you, and uh, and do your best to just. Play the game, and hey, keep beating them, and and make them eat it that way. But don't make them eat it by standing up and screaming in their face, because I don't think that really helps anybody.
1: That's pretty darn good advice, there. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> all right, guys. Um, yeah, that's that's a pretty heavy subject there, and you you can you can see that we don't have you know all the answers. We go back and forth and, and go on this stuff. This stuff can impact you, but you know you always want to try to handle yourself as professionally as possible, um, and at the same time you're going to blow off some steam too and and go back at people. And it's just, it's hard. It's really hard. Uh, no easy answers there. Uh, no easy way out, you know, to quote the the Rocky song, but, uh, <laughs> so anyway, um, thank you all for listening. And that's going to wrap us up for this week of the event hubs podcast. Thank you guys.
0: We'll see you next time.
1: Um, yeah, I'm going to skip over that cause it's negative and I don't have a good thing to say to it, but Were you uh, going to yeah. talk about ad blocking. Yeah, no, no, talk no, that's, about okay. ad blocking, John. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. <laughs>